0: Welcome to Matter of Fat, a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. Hi, I'm Kat Palavoda, a local fat feminist, shop owner, and woman in great need of a
1: vacation. (laughs) I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Saraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Saraya. I'm a fat, multiracial, Minneapolis millennial who just partook in a real southern shrimp boil, and I'm real excited about it. We're here to talk about the cultural politics of fat bodies
0: here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the greater Midwest.
1: Let's not beat around the bush. Uh, Y'all know what's next. It's the the Fat-Dish. It's time for the Fat-Dish, where we share, or dish about what's going on in our community. So usually we share a smorgasbord
0: of local events and newsworthy dish with a lens on body size, body positivity, and fat liberation. Okay, but in this episode, a lot of the rad fat stuff going on we've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, or if there's other things they are not on our radar, uh, in spite of our
1: best efforts. So... Um, yeah, the, the fat dish just isn't as robust as usual. Oh. As <laughs> I
0: guess it's not. No. Everyone must be at the cabin or planning for vacations or just enjoying the amazing weather we've been having so we don't have any new community events to share but we still have our personal dish Ooh la la. but first a quick break
1: oh hello there welcome to the magical world of the studio over there we've got the soundboard and on the left is cat hey cat how's it going and oh my gosh here's an ad spot just for you If you're part of an organization or have a brand or product that aligns with and would like to sponsor Matter of Fat, we're all ears. And, okay, actually that's a terrible image. Could you even imagine being covered in ears? That's disgusting. Anyways, let us know if you'd like to sponsor Matter of Fat so we can keep bringing you goofy images and or great content.
0: And we're back and ready to dish about our lives. Yes. Kat, what has been going on with you lately? So I'm feeling a little busy. um, Per usual. Per usual, but maybe a bit more busy than normal because it's the end of June, which is the end of quarter two, which is also halfway through the year. Love the business jargon. I'm just Well, I just like set goals Mm and quarters, well, months and quarters. And so I've been there's a lot of stuff I'm trying to kind of wrap up at the end of the month here. I'm also going on vacation for two whole weeks. Okay. And so I feel like there's a lot that I want to get together before I go. Um, but other than that, okay, let's see what's specifically been new. Um, oh, friend of the pod, Andrea Sano, um, who was a guest from last season. Love her. Same. Uh, she wrote a beautiful piece about me for *Paul in Midwest that was published recently. I love that piece. <laughs> me too. It's it was
1: gorgeous. It was
0: so well written um, and really, really in touch with like my radical fat liberation values, unlike other things that have been written about me before. And obviously because like is the one writing it you know right um, so it was beautifully
1: written and also the how they had it like designed and the art that was included the was illustrations. also really beautiful Amazing.
0: Oh it was so great if That's, you haven't seen
1: it yet like please check it out We'll it's link it fabulous. in the show notes Well um, yeah it's just that has been such a highlight of the last couple of weeks
0: cool. Also I visited my mom and my dad. Um, I did like a little mini road trip. So like three hours to dad, then two hours over to mom, then two hours back here. But honestly, it made me so excited for my upcoming vacation. Ooh, mm vacation, Have you heard? I'm going on a vacation. (laughs) Um, I cannot stop talking about this because it's been way too long since I've been on a vacation. How long has it been? So I haven't went anywhere really since I moved back here with two exceptions. I went to a funeral one time, not a vacation. I don't think that's And I went to a friend's wedding, which was, I guess, like a mini vacation, but just very quick. Yeah. I am out and about in the world for a couple of weeks, and I cannot wait. What are you going to do for your trip? I'm taking a road trip. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to share a lot more details than that. Okay. Um, with the world until I get back. Keep so. it secret.
1: Keep it safe. Mm-hmm. That's my mantra. Okay,
0: well, for it's, sure. It's like never my mantra.
1: So <laughs> I'm turning a new. Leaf. I'm excited for you to try it out <laughs> and see you. how much you enjoy it. Uh, what, oh. What? What can you share? What can I share? Yeah. Is there anything? My are next you gonna, updates what are, you gonna are about... going to do? Like, oh, on I'm, the, just, I'm
0: taking a road trip. I'm going to see a bunch of people. I'm also taking a break from uh, social media.
1: So, like, truly, y'all will have no idea what I'm up to. Can Can you please confirm that there will be audiobooks oh. as part of this experience? Will there? Okay. I've already started making a list of the audiobooks <laughs> I'm going to listen to and the
0: podcast I'm going to listen to and the things I'm going to think about. Um, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, that's been on my mind. What else? Oh, to the tune of audiobooks, might I add that recently I have been uh, reading an audiobook about money. I'm trying to, like, work on my money mindset. And I've decided that I want to be rich and change the world. All right. So that's on the list of things to think about while I'm driving around, too. I'm behind that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I guess there's just, like, that kind of not-so-great thing that I thought I should probably share as part yeah. of our updates, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um... As you know, I am a very, like, I'm a woman on the internet. I'm on Instagram all the time. There <laughs> so you giggling. about the internet. <laughs> but I, I guess I just mean that to say, like, I say a lot of stuff online. And not only do I, like, say a lot of stuff on my platforms and, you know, like the shop platform and our Matter of Fat platform, I am the queen of going to a Facebook post or an Instagram ad for something that I think is some bullshit and just saying as much, right? Um and so recently I did something similar but really used very, like, demure language. So long story short, there's, like, a movie coming out that I don't think is going to be great, and I was really disappointed with the trailer, mm-hmm. and it was advertised to me on Instagram. So I um, commented, and I used the mo like, I, instead of saying, like, radical fat stuff, I really just said, oh, man, like, it's really disappointing that we're seeing a chubby character, like, having to lose weight as part of this. Like, wouldn't it be great to see um, – I don't know. I think I said chubby, maybe people in larger bodies. Like, wouldn't it be nice to see a chubby character just being themselves and not losing weight as part of a storyline? Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I also added, like, hey, this was a sponsored post um, and you're targeting the wrong person. Like, I'm not going to see this movie. What I thought was just a very kind of vanilla sort of like response <laughs> to this. Like, I'm not a fan, but you know, like, you go about your day, right? I so the post the post was sponsored and because of that I think it just got in in front of a lot of people's eyes Mm -hmm. and a lot of people felt very moved to comment under my comment Mm. so for days I was getting um, just like notifications of people's comment under my comment and I thought that I could mute them but because it was a sponsored post like I wasn't able to I didn't have no you can't the money yeah and so that was really frustrating Um, and I guess what we kind of talked about which was hard was like. I mean, there were some really just like gross comments like, okay, I don't like to see that. That's not easy for me to see. But like moving along. Yeah. But what's worse was like those kind of middle of the road comments were like, oh, I see what you're saying. But have you ever watched a Rebel Wilson movie or like have you ever like trying to tell me that there's so much media out there for fat people? I'm just like, uh, yeah, everyone's brainwashed here. And it was just like really Mm -hmm. um, those were the ones that felt so hard. There also were some comments of people being like, "Oh yeah, I agree," which is also that's nice. That's what I, I wanted suppose. to know.
1: Like, were there some bright shining moments of hope in yeah. of that deluge of dirt and grossness? Well,
0: I had like hundreds of likes on the comment, and that was also the thing. So, like, when I found out that I couldn't mute it or like turn it off, I could have just deleted my comment, hmm. but I felt like I don't know that just felt bad. Like ethically, that's not what I wanted to do. I really wanted it to be there for the people who made the movie to see. Oh, this person's not cool with this. I wanted folks like me who came to the page to be able to see, like, oh, I'm not the only one who's Mm -hmm. disappointed by this. Um, And I wanted to, like, allow for that back and forth under. So in terms of the comments. So, um, yes, there were some people who clearly, like, what I had to say, it it resonated with them. Yeah. Yeah. A little rough. Yeah, it was kind of rough. But it's over now? Yeah. Oh, it's gone. So that's what's so weird. For days, it was just like notification after notification after notification, and then suddenly it stopped. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because they must have stopped promoting the post, and it's gone, and I can't find it, and I don't really need to, but... As quickly as it came, it's gone. You know,
1: I don't. This is why I don't trust the internet. Maybe. (laughs) Well, I get what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of a long story, but Uh, I'm glad it's done.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, And I think for us, it's just weird. Like, like I mentioned, I don't usually encounter a lot of that negative stuff. And I know, like, that's something that you had thought about
1: Mm -hmm. over. I know you're very skeptical of social media, but. Well, (laughs) I just don't engage with it at the same level that you do. And before we started the podcast, I wasn't sure what kind of. reviews we were going to get or reception yeah I wasn't sure what that was going to look like and I really thought it was going to be worse and so far it's been delightful you know like knock on all the wood everywhere ever (laughs) um but yeah so I think this is a good good example of how this is unusual for you yeah this isn't something that you usually see and you are very active in this kind of work and Mm -hmm. active online too and so um it's not the stereotype of what we anticipate Mm-mm. being online we're not being bullied constantly because no. of what we're talking about
0: and not to dismiss or diminish people who that's their experience but sure. like, that's not something and then i think there's something to be said like when i'm not saying like i don't get some weird dms from time to time but like you just delete them and move along in my for me you know it's mm-hmm. not like a, there's any kind of like harassment or bullying that's like um ever present this is like dirt and discourse my dude i know actually we really we really went there well it makes sense. We have a shorter dirt and discourse with this episode. We're, We're just teasing you you for it. <laughs> um, okay, but let's go. Soraya, you gotta tell yes. us what you're up to. Tell us I yes. W- uh, the shrimp oil. The things you alluded to. <laughs> Give us all the, the deets. Oh,
1: you yeah, the shrimp oil wasn't just it's the intro. There's <laughs> some like context for it. So I've been a bit busy as well. Um I finished a course in my grad program, which is really exciting, so that's good. Ooh. Yeah, uh, I'm like very slowly getting closer to finishing this degree, which is exciting exciting I've been eking it out over the past few years to like balance work and life and yeah like a like lot of people the do of it. yeah and so it's taken me a long time
0: can we uh, can we talk about this on the pod what's your timeline when are you gonna be
1: done this is terrifying for me is that she's can making we, can me man- manifest things folks <laughs> well I, I, we, that's a whole I don't like that word but. oh that's true manifestation okay she's making me be accountable which is great yeah, and just helpful. saying it out loud I'm speaking it into the universe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so if I take two courses this summer which is like a lot for me to do but doable and one in the fall i'll be done before the new year so that's That's what they say before i turn 32 so okay well 30 yeah but yeah
0: that's awesome wait before you said this before but it didn't even register for me so you mean you'll be done like within 2019 Uh dang you're so close yeah it's phenomenal
1: yeah so i'm excited and a little scared. It's it's like I can finally see the light at the end of a long research littered APA uh, <laughs> hmm. lined tunnel. Yeah. And so I yeah, I'm excited for that coming. I have three weeks off or I have three weeks now. It's just two. I was really fortunate to be able to go to Atlanta for work. Oh, so yeah. That was really fun. Uh, I mean, the work itself was great and really rewarding. Uh, but I was I mean, y'all should be really proud of your girl for getting out and exploring the city a lot. Mm. I'm very like content to just hang out at home and chill and you know not be, be in a, a gal about town <laughs> um but, but be in the hotel room watch well, that tv yeah, sure i mean i did that too don't okay. get me wrong but um like i went to pond city market i visited juicy crab for that shrimp men- i meant the aforementioned shrimp boil Yum. experience with a um friend from college so that was I, does he yeah. listen probably not okay so shout but out, shout out or to not. Samir if you're listening <laughs> cool if not that's fine um and like it was in Smyrna I've never been to well I'd never been to Atlanta but go to Smyrna Georgia that was fun I uh, walked around Midtown explored the Beltline drank sweet tea at the Busy Bee Cafe oh. learned a lot about MLK Jr. at the King Center which was really cool. really cool I explored the Krog Street Market and just thoroughly enjoyed getting my first Breeze card to use on the MARTA. A love girl loves public transit. <laughs> um, so I just loved the parts of Atlanta that I saw. Uh, I will say it was much too hot, <laughs> much, much too hot for my Yankee self. Wow. Um, and I did notice like a definite culture difference yeah? for sure. I mean, we like to talk about Midwest sensibilities mm-hmm. on here, and I think we're so immersed in that sometimes it's like we're just talking about ourselves. Um, but like things I noticed that people, are genuinely just very nice and kind and warm there maybe because it's so hot no i don't know (laughs) sorry uh is that a pun I don't think it's so. It's of adjacent. adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I'd here I I walk down the street and I try not to make eye contact and just, like, really breeze on well, through. Well, you've had some weird interactions yeah. with people as of late. Anytime I've, like, been somewhat open, like, weird stuff has transpired. Sorry. So, uh, it happens. So, like, being in a new city, I was really on guard. But it turned out everybody was just genuinely, like, very nice and, like, saying, hey, have a great day. Like, good morning. Beautiful. No weird, like weird intonations or Mm -hmm. anything like that. So that was really cool. Um, also, <laughs> I just really want everybody to know that walking tacos are not a thing in Atlanta. Okay. I mean, this is a really yeah. important cultural piece that I need to bring to the table. I feel like the most Midwest sensible thing is a walking taco. It's like ingrained <laughs> <laughs> in part of our culture. I think most people's culture, a walking taco. So how it did this just, come it up? Just came, you know, it came up in conversation. And I just want y'all to know that a crunched up bag of Doritos with taco fixins, <laughs> is not of interest to the people polled. Which a
0: travesty <laughs> what do they eat at the basketball games when they're in middle and high school So that's
1: actually how this came up <laughs> <That was amazing. laughs> one of the guys who's working there he's from minnesota originally he's like oh, i could just go for a walk and taco right about now and they're like excuse <laughs> pardon <laughs> and so he explained it and people were appalled they were like why would you eat some like wet doritos in a bag oh, they're not wet they're just- crunchy yeah, I it was hard to describe it. Yeah. I found that I haven't had one in such a long time, so it was just a losing battle, uh, from, from the jump. We but should have walking tacos at our end of season celebration. I mean speak it to <laughs> speak into existence, <laughs> my dude, I guess. Um, so you know, we didn't reach a good conclusion on walking tacos. I don't know what y'all think. Maybe you love them. Maybe you Maybe hate there'll them. be a poll on our friends and fans Facebook group. That'd be fun. That'd be really yeah. fun. Um, but I think one thing that I can say that we all agreed on are that peaches are delicious. Yeah. I think there was a few years ago, Kumail Nanjiani had a post on Twitter that I just like, really resonated with me. He's like, if you're having a bad day, just go buy a really good peach and eat a really good peach and you'll have a better day. <laughs> done and, and done. And that was it. I ate so many peaches and like peach flavored things while I was there. That sounds really great. I'm an unabashed tourist. Um, also, like very important. What would that be? Have you ever heard of Below Deck? Uh, so I only heard about it when you mentioned it when we scripted this conversation. Okay, all right, well, <laughs> I see how it is. Um, anyways, I don't have cable and I never watch Bravo. So, uh, it, to my utter delight and horror, I have become absolutely enamored with a show called Below Deck. Uh, basically, it's these super fancy yachts and beautiful areas all over the world, mm-hmm. and their uh, crew just gets into weird shenanigans. Oh, it's like about the crew, the people. It's like, about the crew, like deck. the people working and like. They're flirting with guests when they should be working. They're not listening to the captain. They're getting drunk. They're saying really weird homophobic things, and that's a problem. Well, like, people are reacting like, that's absurd. Like, why would she do that? And she doesn't Mm -mm. know how to cook shrimp and all these (laughs) other things. So um, it it feels like watching a Bugatti and a Rolls Royce just, like, get into this head-on collision. What a visual. It's just, like, so much luxury and excess and chaos, and it's just um, very indulgent. And so I love it. That is Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but thanks for the Bravo rec. Should
0: anyone have the opportunity to be in a
1: hotel <laughs> watching cable? Yeah, or like at home. I feel oh, like I most people have, people have access do. to Bravo and I'm late to the party, but Does I'm Bravo just have the app
0: where you can like t- could you just get the Bravo app? Girl, I don't know. Okay. I uh- the crown Plaza is
1: what allowed me to <laughs> understand that this is a world of below deck. This
0: is wild. Okay, so below
1: deck. Um, what else, Soraya? Anything else? Yeah, th- I'm getting pretty long here. Okay, so... We all are. This is a very long catch-up, but you wait, know what? We, give us some information on what's happening in the community, you all, because otherwise we'll go off. I was also just going to say, this is very fitting because Soraya and
0: I haven't seen each other the whole week. Usually mm-hmm. we see each other like two or three times in a week, Um, but this time, because you were
1: traveling, we didn't catch see up. each other hardly at all, so yeah. this feels very very good. And this is like a nice entryway into the fact that I was able to attend the June uh, Nord pod or podcast Junor oh, yes. yeah. today. Yeah, so it's a conference which is all about podcasting and there were some really fabulous sessions and keynote speakers. I learned so much. If anyone is interested in learning more, hit me up. We'll link out information about it. It was the first year of doing it and I thought it was executed really lovely um, in a great way. I also uh, so this is like not specific to the the podcast conference but i tried taking a selfie for our instagram (laughs) it's cute (laughs) honestly yeah it's fine it's on the wall now every (laughs) when you're hearing this it'll Mm -hmm. be on the wall receipts uh every time i take a picture of myself i feel like there should be an automatic filter on it that's just like that really sad sticker of a star that says you tried on it uh yeah i just i I haven't taken the time in life to find my angles or get really comfortable in front of a camera. Mm. And, like, you've helped a lot with that. There's a lot of photos that get taken now, whether I like it or not. Accurate. I'm resigned to the fact. Um, And there's probably a lot of reasons. I'm sure there are lots of people who don't like having their photo taken. Uh, But I think, like, an example of this is that we were recently asked to do a photo shoot for the Star Tribune. There's an article coming out that's going to be really exciting because we have no idea what that's going to look like. We're interested. We are very interested, we are waiting on tender hooks. Um, <laughs> but we were both out of town. Yeah, so we didn't get to do shoot. the photo shoot. And so when I was considering, like, okay, what would be a photo that I would want in a newspaper of myself? I was like, well, I have no high-resolution photos. Just that one work shot. A real professional one. And that's what we submitted. And it's just like, you know, even if this isn't something I love, I think it would be worthwhile to get used to it and have a few items available just, you know, to look back on or to have read the handy, ready whenever I need it so some more pictures so who's with me you know if you're not into this um well I know Kat is into this but if anyone else wants to find out their angles and take more pics just like let me know and we can be accountability buddies okay Soraya how are people gonna <laughs> let you know because they cannot contact you <laughs> on social media okay fair enough uh don't you know we got a friends and fans Facebook oh, page? Oh, how fitting! So I think that'd be perfect. So if you want to share some cute selfies, like I'll post a selfie, you post a selfie, we can do it on the page together. We'll have to post another selfie roundup, and you got to
0: participate. You as in the listeners?
1: You in, or me? Oh, you as in I'm looking at you, but you. So both everybody, of you, everybody everyone, am calling yes, 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 both uh-huh. of y'all <laughs> or all of y'all. <laughs> Um, so I'm excited for that I think this is a good accountability piece lots of accountability for me this time I have ooh, a lot of homework ooh. to do uh, but I think it's enough this I think we've done a enough. lot of dishing. we've talked a lot thank you all for making for it we're really excited for this interview that's coming up let's get into it
0: this episode we have the honor of interviewing a local radio personality trivia mafia founder and musician Sean McPherson This was
1: such a fun interview. Sean was really easy to talk to, and we hope you enjoy his story. We do want to note that the studio we were recording in has a lot of noise. Noise is just some unwanted sound, but I think it makes this interview like a little zesty. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) zesty.
0: Um, And what does you and I sharing a microphone make it?
1: Like a little spicy. Ooh.
0: Okay, without further ado. Sean, we're so happy you're with us today.
1: I am honored to be
2: here.
0: Oh, uh, so let's start this out by asking what we ask all of our guests, which is tell us your story. As a matter of fact,
2: the when I, I, I was pre, I was pre-prepared for this question because you, you gave me a heads up about it. and I was thinking about what I wanted to share, mm-hmm. um, and I'm in I'm in therapy for the first time as an adult mm-hmm. right now, which has been a really Interesting experience and actually quite positive, but I'm doing a thing where I look through my memories from my past with my uh, therapist and talk about them and dealing a lot with issues I had with my mom who has passed away, passed away about ten years ago, and um, a a a moment for me that I'm breaking through was like I, I was treated like it was a mistake that I was fat even when I was really super young, so. Yeah. There, you, you pick a couple memories, and you th- you this thing called EMDR. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. I'm waving my finger for anyone on the podcast. So they, they uh, your therapist will bring you back to different moments, and she'll sort of wave her finger to try to create, I guess, the feeling of kind of walking in the dark so you're a little disoriented, which helps maybe bring out some memories mm-hmm. that might not otherwise be there. Uh, it's hard for me to invest in the theory of it, but it's very easy for me to invest in the practice of it. Go, where ahead, I go Okay, it. cool, I'll try it. But one of those memories is coming home. I, my family wasn't religious, and I, I would come home from going to church with my friend Betsy. And to me, church and kindergarten was just like a, a cookie festival. And it was I, I was so, so excited for all the cookies at, at Sunday school. And I came back uh, in kindergarten, and I had, like, Oreo crumbs all over myself. And my mom was like... I bet you weigh over hundred pounds now because I was probably like 98, 99 pounds mm-hmm. when I went to church, and she like grabbed me and, and put me on the scale, and and I was like hundred and one pounds, or hundred pounds or something like that, and she's like you're never going to church again, and, I, and it was like, mm-hmm. it was it was this moment that I just for twenty years had used as a humor point, like there's a slight bit of humor in the cookie thing, and you're never going to yeah. church again, and then I I had for a long time used it as sort of a point of shame, and then I was like there's a there's a there's a pretty bad parenting moment this is you know this is like a lot of options my mom could have used such as like we're going to talk about making good choices at church maybe I should get my butt out of bed and go to church with you to make sure that you're making those good choices maybe I should talk to the mom of the girl you're going with and tell her hey like don't don't let my kid have I mean but none of those options should have been you should you know mm-hmm. derive and it was one of those things where so it's not funny to me anymore but it's prideful to me where like now I'm working with my therapist and I'm going like she she continues to ask like how do you feel about yourself in that moment and i go now i just feel like i feel bad for the kid and i kind of feel bad for my mom like this is um this is this is this is bad um it's it's just it's bad pairing and I, i love my mom and i care for her but as that's been my biggest relationship to my fatness for the last six seven months i started kind of in january of sort of working through those things and and feeling feeling better about them but feeling deeper about them.
0: Yeah. I think that's a shared experience of a lot of people living in larger bodies like our parents maybe not doing or saying the best things for us at the time yep. and then acknowledging that now like oh man like oh. and I like how you shared like when you look back at that memory feeling bad for yourself but also for your mom just like oh this was not good for anybody.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a mo- There's a lot of things where if 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 you have a parent who passed, you kind of either want to uh, you just want to say they're completely perfect because it's so sad that they're gone. And that can ultimately be not productive. Mm -hmm. You actually need to be honest about it. And my mom was my mom was a really honest person. and If I could talk to her about this stuff, I would. Um, So it's but it's it's hard, and a lot of times I think parents mean well my Certainly. my my dad just had me always waiting for the growth spurt, you know, like it was just like suits <laughs> one day you'll be <laughs> six two, yeah. and then these pounds will disappear and it's yeah. like you know like that the 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 the, the mental pain that, that that creates waiting for this thing and putting the pencil on your head against the wall and going mm-hmm. I'm still not growing but i'm I'm getting bigger, but I'm not growing it's 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 all hard, and I don't think my parents were armed, they treated it like. An emergency that they were not willing to address mm. my whole life, which mm-hmm. is just that's also that's like not not good parenting. So.
0: Yeah. So that was your experience as a young person. Mm-hmm. How did things that you've been addressing more lately, yeah, informed or like played a role in how you've experienced things um, throughout?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, it's it feels unique to be a big person in the world. Feels unique. I think. I I can't I can't occupy the mind of anybody else and I I certainly struggle more to occupy the mind of of women and I I feel mm-hmm. like there are still a lot of easier things about being a fat man compared to being a fat woman. I will say I just listened to one of your podcasts and I did get this feeling of what's really to me revolutionary about uh some of the stuff you guys are talking about is that there are some like Beautiful moments of gathering and community that are that are really possible mm-hmm. um, within this group. And I, I follow your your shop on mm-hmm. on Instagram, and it's yeah. one of those. Is where I just go like, oh, I I always consider it a thing that at best could be neutral. To mm-hmm. be to be honest, mm-hmm. and um, and I think in my core that's still kind of where I'm at today. Yeah. But hearing you two talk in the introduction of an earlier podcast, I was like, oh. This could, be, uh, this could be something that could uh, be community-creating in a way I never considered. That having been said, um, in, the, in the worlds I've been in of being on stage for a fair amount of my life as a bass player and, and frequently like the only bigger person mm-hmm. in groups I'm in to some extent, I've felt this um, pride in being proud, in being sexy, in being funky, in being... Flirty and being sassy and mm-hmm. and doing a lot of things that you people feel large folks are not supposed to do yeah. So this the idea of going I can be I can dance on stage. I can be um, You know, I can I can talk confidently to, to people after the show I can talk yeah. confidently to women after the show in this in this sense of going. Yeah, like I can I can hang in these spaces as a big person and i'm i'm gonna I'm gonna do wonderfully, whatever that means mm-hmm. in in whatever space, and at times I know that I've been a role model to people who don't feel like that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a like this is i don't know. I know your, your area code suggests you didn't grow up in the Twin Cities. Oh, Did you grow my, up somewhere?
0: So my area code's from grad school. Okay. Uh, so I'm from, like, La Crescent, Minnesota, like okay. across the Wisconsin area, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I went to grad school in Texas. So gotcha.
2: that's the area code, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going back to Foxfire Days, uh, which is a coffee shop on First Avenue, which was like, an all-ages venue that a lot of bands, like P.O.S., worked there, Higher Specs played there a lot, Plastic yeah, Constellations, cool. this whole kind of very late 90s, very early 2000s mm-hmm. period period. Um, I was I played a show and my my girlfriend was in the crowd and there was a, a larger and I was going to say boy because there's probably because I was a boy you know he's like mm-hmm. seventeen years old sixteen <laughs> years old and his friend was like you should you should talk to Sean because you're a a big guy and you're a bass player too and he's like I don't want to talk to him no. I'm nervous <laughs> to talk to him. and it was one of those moments I got like oh for that boy at that moment he, he was going like oh look here's here's somebody up there who can who can be confident so that's. That's the positive side of it. Yeah, there's been a lot of negative sides of it. The when I first started um, doing solo work, like where I re- released music under Twinkie Jiggles, Broken Orchestra, got posters made, put up posters a couple spots, and I was playing at the um, uh, the the Mexican restaurant that has a couple locations, Barrio. Barrio uh-huh. had music briefly in downtown St. Paul. Okay. okay. So I I go into the bathroom after I loaded in my gear to to go to the bathroom <laughs> and um. There's on my poster somebody wrote like lose some weight like no. next to my picture and I'm like on my first show where I was like the no. leader, and actually to tell you the truth at that moment I was like, what a what a dick you know like yeah. I, I I was just like that's it didn't I was twenty seven or something you know it did it didn't make me go I should not play it just made me go like what a what a sad life where somebody is right. p- pissing and is like does anybody have a pen <laughs> like I <any>, need you know. <laughs> you say- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man! There's so many moments that people are saying a lot more about themselves uh, than they're saying about you when they when they cut you down, and um, I, I really benefited from moving to a place like St. Paul, which is not without its problems, but compared to being in a small town in rural Massachusetts where I lived till I was in tenth grade, I I felt a lot more welcomed in um, at St. Paul Central mm-hmm. and at and at, in St. Paul. So. Cool.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing all of that.
2: It's is that is that matter of fact enough? That's so okay. matter
0: of fact. That's perfect. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. And I um I like what you the story you shared about the like when you were younger and the guy in the crowd who's like whose friend's like, Yeah, you should go talk to him, you know, yeah. the bass player too. I think there's this quote that I like that talks about how like um I'm not gonna say it right, but like showing up as ourselves can be like an accidental inspiration to others. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so real, you know, like you never know who's like looking at you and like Wherever we're at, like someone else wants to be there, you know, or like wants to feel how we feel.
2: The, there was a I, again, I'm I'm going back to listening to your previous episode mm-hmm. of this podcast, but uh, Soraya, um, you talked about bringing outfits to a trip out of town for work and ha- and stunting and like going, yeah, I'm wearing Yay! I'm wearing good outfits, <laughs> and and it's I think there's uh, I'm still a lot in the mentality of. Oh, I'll get this type of gear when I get this type of weight mm. and things like that, which can be really poisonous and really um, problematic in the macro. To hear you talk about that and to hear the pride between you and Kat of going, "I was looking good and I had these outfits and people were asking me where I got them," and it just—it actually had me going like, "I should actually, I should shop for some clothes." and and and, and the. I think I'll, I would say that a lot more progress is made for making it easier for bigger women to shop yeah. than for bigger men to I shop. Agree. I'm yeah. still pretty much just casual male and king size, and that's yeah. A, a, yeah. Check out
0: Foundry brand at JCPenney. Okay, that, yep, they I got have some funky stuff. Are you familiar with that brand? It's like one I, of the three.
2: I, I feel so heteronormative, but oh. my wife is my wife. Great. My wife. My wife yeah. has gotten me some nice. I got a nice pink Foundry hoodie. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's an interesting thing, though. I still, I still prefer to to shop in places that are almost exclusively for big folks because yeah. I feel safer in the dressing rooms. I feel more comfortable. Yep, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that I get it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but yeah, that that moment of going like you aren't you're dressing to feel great for yourself. I presume mm. um, that's that's why I try to dress great. Um, but to know that also people are going like, what are you wearing? And I like that. It's just that those moments where you can be an inspiration without being super purposeful about it is really mm-hmm. beautiful. So.
0: Yeah, oh, that's very sweet to share.
1: Uh, so what I really appreciated was you said like you were getting up there, but your size is not an indication of your personality. Mm-hmm. You had that swag, you were coming through. I mean, you were part of a music scene that was like growing and yeah. now you're an institution within the Twin Cities. Yeah. Um, what other parts have you really enjoyed uh, presenting about yourself? Mm. Because I know obviously the first thing people see is your body, your size, like obviously white, like all those different identities, but what other pieces have you enjoyed cultivating about your personality and sharing with the Twin Cities?
2: That's that's a great question. I think one thing you mentioned, I'll mention some other things, but I think I have um enjoyed being I have enjoyed being a white person in a space that can often be relatively white in Minnesota, but is sometimes not. Thinking about um, even being in KFAI and thinking about um, some of the first times I came in here, and it's primarily, would be shows hosted by uh, black men who are way older than anybody in higher specs and coming in and going, well, we want to play hip hop. And and often, (laughs) at the time, the group was like a couple of black guys, a lot of white guys, but I was usually the ambassador. And trying to be respectful of those spaces, still oriented towards presenting my music and trying to be to do that. Um, but I think that, um, with plenty of failures along the way, um, I've, I've tried to walk in spaces, um, that were started by black folks with a lot of respect and reverence for that. Um, again, with, with tons of, tons of mistakes and tons of missteps that come with any person pursuing anything, but particularly I think a white person pursuing, a career in a in a black art form made plenty of mistakes, but I, I think I tried to, I never tried to be one of those like, uh, I'm not actually white or, you know, like it was just trying to trying to own that and trying to be, and, and, and agree that it's an issue. And I, I, like agree that it can be on the table and agree to go, is this one of the reasons you got where you got to be? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a completely fair question. And I think the answer is my whiteness is a part of the reason I've gone to be a lot of the places I am. And I don't think there's, I um, think there's a lot of people who aren't willing to admit that, and, and I'm not one of those people. Um, otherwise, personality-wise, I think that a lot of my personality really moves in, in stereotypical fashion with the like the jolly big guy world. And I think that one thing I have tried to do is to be semi-strategic about that because there are those moments where you go, I do need to be respected in a way that's not Pillsbury Doughboy esque. You know where I have to go. No, we have we have a problem. We need to we need to address this, and it's not all happy-go-lucky. Um, so I think exposing some backbone in in some of those situations is a side of my personality that uh, took a little bit um, of more courage to develop, but that's something I've been uh, proud to expose, and then. In, in 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 the work I'm doing with, um, the, with the with the current and with higher specs, but I've been doing this with higher specs for forever. But I'm just like funkier than a lot of Minnesotans. I like funkier music. I like um, some of it is you can really nerd out and go. I like more syncopated music. I like more groove oriented music. But I like that funkiness is also like I like to be funky with how I. Talk on the radio. I like to be funky with how I write trivia questions, and I I mean that in the most open-ended way. But we're in a obviously we're in a place with a lot of funk history. You know, we got the time, we got Prince, we got incredible funk musicians. But in my personal life, a lot of times I feel like there's a real avoidance of being funky or being being soulful and 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 being passionate um, and and moving your body and all those things. And that's something I've always been. Um, I maybe not always is the right word, but I've, I've realized I have a lot more comfort with than a lot of people and then a lot of Minnesotans.
1: So you are a transplant to mm-hmm. Minnesota. We love to talk about Midwest sensibilities. You're talking <laughs> about bringing the funk. Uh, what was that transition like coming to Minnesota?
2: That's uh, that's a great question. And it's hard to answer partially because of moving here at 10th grade. I feel not. I arrived with a lot of personality, but I arrived not completely formed um, for sure i find that i can be i am conflict averse and i also think that there i've never been to a state that isn't i've 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 (laughs) met i've it's not like when you go to new york people are just like i dislike you like it it, 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 that that is there is i think there's gradients of it and i think that on that gradient i am less conflict averse than a lot of folks i love email but i'm still kind of willing to pick up the phone in minor ways that um, a lot of people who are straight from Minnesota aren't. So I'll just go like, like, you know, somebody will just go, I don't know if this place is open on Memorial Day. And I will go, I will call them, you know, and they'll be like their website doesn't even say if they're open on Memorial Day. I was like, <laughs> they have a phone number, you know, like you can call. And if they don't answer, they're not open. And and so in those ways sort of um, uh, I have a willingness to have interactions with people in a way that a lot of Minnesotans don't. Um, but – there are. I find myself falling into. I've, I find myself telling people who have just moved here and start working at Minnesota Public Radio or something. I go, I'm not that guy who's gonna hang out with you once and then go back to hang out with my old friends, and then like six months later, I'm like, I'm that guy. I, uh, <laughs> I have not gone back and hung out with that person, and I, I have done some things to change that. Um, but and I think it. I don't I think it helps to have started in St. Paul because I think some people who start in Minneapolis can stay like you can really have your whole cool ass career from people you went to Southwest or South with and kind of like fall into that whole thing. St. Paul Central has a lot of great people at it, but I was already going outside of my high school during high school and that continued during college and continues on now.
0: You already mentioned this a little bit, but we want to know more about Twinkie Jiggles. What is the story behind this name?
2: This is a very matter of fat moment. Yes, um, <laughs> that's
0: what we're here for.
2: Um, so, Twinkie Jiggles is my still frequently used rap nickname. Just, just <laughs> for the background, I had maybe um, the the highlight of my recent life as Twinkie Jiggles uh, was I got the opportunity with my co-host Sonny, from the hip hop and R and B show on the Current. I got to interview Lizzo, who is uh, a queen and is a star, but I have known since 2010 or something like that, Um, and we've played gigs together, because she sang backup for a very brief, for like one gig, or for two gigs with Dessa, she sang backup while I was the bass player and musical director for Dessa, so I was like, hi, and during that. Uh, the chalice open for hair mm-hmm. So I like, I know her and yeah. every time I worked with her, she always called me Twinkie. And I was like, <laughs> uh-huh. it, it just makes me feel so good. And there's just a, a certain way that if um, it, it just, I, it feels good in every possible way to be called Twinkie by Lizzo. And I would, I would, as she was on the come up, I would say to my wife, I was like, I, I know her and she calls me Twinkie. And, and, and my wife was kind of like, Yes, I get it. Because she was around for some of these things, but she was just like, okay, really? Like, are you pushing it too far? Yeah. One of these things. Like, I don't know and then I walk in uh, to the current studios uh, to meet her like 10 minutes before we're going to interview because it's all like she has to get out of here and she's yeah. handled, you know, within an inch of her life to like get here, get there. And I walk up and I was like, hey, how are you? And she's like, hey, hey, Twinkie. And I was like, hey. And she was like, she looked like confused and I was like, a little weird. And she was like, you work here? And I was like, Yeah. And she's like, oh, I moved away. I didn't she didn't know that I worked at the current at all. So Ah. she was like, what is this bass player doing walking into this thing? This is a really long story. But um, then in and then she's like she looks to her tour manager and she goes, this isn't who they said was going to interview me who who was going to interview me and she does not look didn't up know your name. she does not look uh, she does not look like upset she just looks kind of inquisitive and then to one of my bosses David, he's like, I said Sean and Sonny. and she was like, this is Twinkie and I was like, okay, that's great that's at least an eight and then during her song she had to take out her swears and she replaced one of her swears with Twinkie yeah and I was like and I just I remember just biting my entire face like I was just like <laughs> So cool. Uh, And so, okay, so Twinkie Jiggles. How did I become Twinkie Jiggles? Um, In high school, I was playing in higher specs, and my my best friend, Martin Devaney, was in higher specs, and we were also good friends, and we were bringing a PA system I owned to every home baseball game and Mm -hmm. playing music between innings, and then Martin was, like, announcing the games and could say who was coming up to bat, and I was just kind of DJing. But we decided one day to, like, give away Twinkies. And I do not know exactly why that was. But like everybody who comes to the yeah. baseball game gets Twinkies. And at the same time, uh, Felix, the rapper in higher kind of met me when I arrived from rural Massachusetts and knew a fair amount about music and very little about hip-hop culture. And he had me watching all these movies that were, like, important hip-hop movies. And one of them features a dancer named Mr. Wiggles, who's a pretty well-known dancer from the 1980s. And the style at the time was to have the name of your, uh, whatever your name was, on the bottom of your jacket, right above your butt. Mm -hmm. And his jacket just said Wiggles. And I was, like, very aware at this moment where, you know, the strategy for big folks, particularly in high school, is to kind of make the joke before somebody else makes the joke. So I was like, I said to Felix, I was like, what if I had a jacket that said Jiggles? And he was like, he just looked at me and he's like, Twinkie Jiggles. And it was it was one of these things that <laughs> I've tried I had tried so many I was in a blues band where they called me Nipples the Cat. You know, like I had I had had a lot of a lot of bad nicknames and that just stuck and you can actually you can call me Twinkie and it feels fine. It actually works as a name, which a lot of nicknames don't. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that's how I got the Twinkie Jiggles name, and it has been such a source of pride for me because it is it's I, I mean it's really everything like a rap name should be you can't imagine I don't rap very well I, I play bass but it's it's. you, can, you can't you can imagine somebody else having it. you go like that's Twinkie mm-hmm. and when people it's a small amount of people who still call me Twinkie but when they call me Twinkie I just feel so prideful and so wonderful so
0: that's so That's sweet. Amazing. That's no. great. That was a long story, and the best kind of long story. And I mean, you, please, you can tell us long stories about Lizzo any day of the week. Like, my pleasure. For that. <laughs> you have so many passions and projects. How do you manage everything?
2: I manage to. I manage to do a lot of work. I think some some things are that I I, I do do something every day, mm-hmm. so I don't have a full day off in my regular schedule. So I work at the current. Tuesday through Saturday. I run trivia on Sunday nights and write trivia on Sundays during the day. And then I meet with the rest of the staff from Trivia Mafia on Mondays um, and then work through the rest of that day on Trivia Mafia. So part of it is that I work a fair amount, Mm -hmm. uh, which I know you are no stranger to. Mm -hmm. Um, Another part of it is that um, I have some pretty good systems for keeping track of the stuff I have to do. And from time to time, read books that help to try to get positive Ooh, about those things.
0: Tell us the book. You give me <laughs> like recommendations or secrets here.
2: Absolutely. Um, so, uh, uh, getting things done by uh, David Allen is like a um. total. It it should be. It's like all self help books. It should really just be two pages long, and it's really <laughs> just like make lists and and offload everything from your head onto pieces of paper Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't take up your your brain should be for thinking about fantastic Mm -hmm. things and should not be for remembering a grocery list that it was a system that was just a revelation at a moment where i thought oh that's actually very valuable um i just read a really great book by a guy named dan charnas who's an incredible hip-hop writer he wrote a book called i believe it's called working clean and the idea is to treat the jobs we all have, similar to the way chefs and cooks treat their jobs, that actually a lot of the um, disciplines that are absolutely mandatory when you're doing things that involve food safety, that involve immediate communication of, I have heard what you've just requested, I will give it to you. When the stakes oh, are yeah. such that if you do it wrong, you might cut your own finger or, or serve somebody raw chicken, that level of, um, of double-checking and of, of, uh-huh. of record-keeping is, should really be transferred to a lot of uh, work that isn't quite as risky if you do it wrong. Mm-hmm. And I've found that that is very valuable. So uh, the, there's that term, a French term, mise en place. You get your space looking right to do your work properly. And actually taking that into your desk space, taking that into... Um, your home life is mm-hmm. like really valuable. And then uh, th- we don't all have the luxury, and I currently don't have the luxury of having jobs that are completely about this, but David Allen, the guy who I was referencing earlier, who works with a lot of high, uh, high-power high CEOs, he's just like, if what's bothering you is your messy garage, I suggest, on even on a Tuesday, go home and clean your garage so you can think properly when you're actually at work. Yeah. And obviously, I don't have that luxury. A lot of people don't have that luxury. But the idea of going like... If there's a phone call that's about your kids' daycare, if there's a, and you have a job where you can make that call even while you're sitting here at your other job, you probably should. So that then your head is more clear to make mm-hmm. other decisions. Um, so it's that, and it is having um, a great partner. My my wife Rachel uh, also works full time, and our daughters in daycare full time. Um, but that having been said, having a type of job where frequently my work is after hours and is later. Um, a, a, a large percentage of that responsibility falls. I work every Saturday night. I leave every Saturday at four thirty to get to work at five, mm-hmm. and that means that Rachel doesn't go out any Saturdays. And I could not, I couldn't do Radio Free Current. If I didn't do Radio Free Current, I probably wouldn't have a gig at the Current. And I can only do that because Rachel is down to 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 be at home. So uh, yeah. that's another key to being able to do a lot
1: of stuff. So you brought up Radio Free Current. Mm-hmm. That is setting such a, an experience and an environment. For for Minnesotans, anybody who's turning into cur- tuning into the current, tuning uh, into the current, what has that been like getting started with Radio Free Current, and what has that, what kind of doors have opened up for you from that?
2: Well, so for anybody who's not familiar, Radio Free Current is uh, a request show on the Current from seven to ten on Saturdays, and I've been hosting it for quite some time. I think like two plus years now. It's um, an incredible opportunity to get to do request-based radio. One reason is that it gives you much more face-to-face education with listeners. And when I say education, it does give you interaction. And There's people who call up just to BS a little bit and things like that. But there's also people who call up and go, if you're talking about guitar solos and you don't play something from this person, you, it, you're really missing out. You really need to make sure that you cover this guitar player. If you're talking great vocalists, don't forget about this vocalist. And the grand majority of the time, um, I'm proud to say that I'm like vaguely familiar with what the person is asking. Sometimes, especially if they're on a, a tough cell phone thing, they just go like, can you play Gabba cham? And I'm like, I'm going to write down the syllables and then I'm going to get to Google and try to figure out what you're talking about. But for the for the grand majority of it, I'm familiar with the basics, but I get this education about you got to throw on this song, this, this fits, and um, there is so much benefit in not underestimating the intelligence of your audience. And that's, that's something I have really seen from the best writers and the best musicians that I look up to is this sense of they'll make a very vague reference that's essential to understand the song. And they, they must recognize that some amount of people are going to miss it, but they recognize that for those folks who want to get into the story, there's nothing better than that, that detail. And in the same way... I know that if I go out on a limb and go to a weird song, there's going to be a grand majority of people who go, "I haven't heard of this song," but we got there together. And there's going to be a lot of people who go, "I have heard of this song, and I can't believe they have the guts to play it on the radio." So it gets it gets to be a really a riskier side of the current because we are I'm a little less beholden by being request based to sort of our, our programming and things like that. And on top of that, it's sometimes you get blessed to be. In a magical part of the week for your job and and you just need to th- be thankful for that so sometimes people go you sound so happy on the radio and i always go who's not happy on saturday night right like it's yeah. it's when you know when you ask uh the folks in the morning show jill and brian to be really happy a lot of us aren't happy on wednesday mornings and it's and so so they should be praised when they're come see, come saw, when they're neutral, but on Saturdays, it's just, it's a joyous part of the week, and I, after about, like, three or four months of going, oh, it kind of sucks to work on Saturdays, oh, this is a stressful job, oh, I'm on my feet a lot more than I am for a regular DJ shift, then you just went, like, people choose who to spend their Saturdays with, and they choose to spend it with me, and that is sacred, and that is incredible, because it's, I have an awesome life, and Saturday is still one of the most awesome. You know, my Tuesdays don't suck that bad. I have, I have cool jobs. I'm happy, but Saturdays are magical. And so to get to spend that with Minnesota is just awesome.
0: You mentioned that some of these things, these concepts, are like new to you. Yep. Um, and how is that? How else is that showing up for you?
2: I am realizing that I have a lot of negative feelings about. Other fat people, mm. and it's in it's in a lot of ways. Just it's really uh, I don't I don't fault myself for, it, but it's really surprising that it's gone on this long. You know that I haven't noticed. Yeah. So my my degree at, at the University of Minnesota was partially in African American studies, and I, I designed my own degree. But in the part you, you get so much information in this, which which is is not news to me at all. That the idea that if you're in a society that goes hey, white people are better than black people, that, those messages also go to black people.
1: Yeah.
2: And and, and, and they don't, they're don't. they not able to, in any effective way, plug their ears from a lot of this mass media. And I, I understood that um, sort of academically, mm-hmm. but I didn't have to understand it viscerally as a white man. And But then, just within the last year, I started realizing that a whole lot of the ways that I totally academically know are terrible to think about black people, I think, um, in some similar ways about fat people. So mm. things like you're not like other fat people, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're, oh, not, <laughs> yep, you're not you're not and um, or or to say something like, if I see someone eating in public, which is a normal human thing to do. like yeah. I mean, if I see any person eating, Spare ribs on the bus—that's a problem, <laughs> independent of this. But I mean, if I see somebody eating, yeah, or a or, or reason eating their lunch, eat, yeah, eating yeah. their lunch, and I—but I just go like, "What are you doing? We don't, we don't do that." And and yeah. and this sense of—and then the other thing that again is um problematic for any group of people, but I was much more academically aware of it being problematic for people of color. Of just going like, "What are you doing? You're making us us all look bad." Yeah, that that thing where I go like, it's somehow if this person who is doing something that i find his or her behavior to be disagreeable that because we're in the same size group it it, it it transfers on to me i understood so much about my feelings as a fat person and i didn't and i'm only starting to realize some of my feelings about the fat community yeah um and i think that um i know that that's I, at, at this point, I'm really only speaking from my experiences. I'm speaking with having made very little effort to educate myself. So I humbly recognize that I, I feel like you've done differently. Um, but that that's kind of, I just, I haven't, yeah. I haven't, I hadn't thought about it, period. And maybe if you asked me two years ago, I hadn't thought about that yeah. at all.
0: I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes in those scenarios, like throughout life, when I've become aware of things, it's like, well shit, Like that's, my eyes are open to that now and I'm seeing it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to think like, oh, whoa, that's like a naming thoughts. Like, oh, where did that come from? Well, I know. Yeah. It's, I think people, um, I've heard that described as like internalized fat phobia, right? So yeah. like this like fat phobic culture we're in, of course we, like you said, couldn't plug our ears and just not absorb this stuff. Um, yeah, and it's something that I think we all have to like work through every day, right? Yeah. Cause it's just like, it's so deep. Um, is the messages we get like and have got since we were when we were small are all in there somewhere you know
2: when i listened to uh, an earlier episode of your podcast there was um i kept on thinking about a, a thing i had heard at a conference i went to we have an inclusion council at minnesota mm-hmm. public radio and i'm on the inclusion council leadership team which means that there's a bunch of we are a very acronym-friendly workplace. Oh, yeah. and so there's a bunch of ERGs, which are employee resource groups, that would be like the People of Color Employee Resource Group um, and the Millennial Resource Group, um, and, and there's more than that. Uh, and then the, the group I'm on sort of helps keep track of some of the minutes for those groups, keep track of some of the budgets, and, and organize some of those things. Um, at a conference related to that, somebody was just saying that you can have all these type of ERGs, but if you have an ERG that's, like, pro-fat, that's mm-hmm. not like, we're trying to not be fat, mm-hmm. that'll draw a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But if you have, like, a just, we are, we are fat, and it's three on Tuesdays. It's, like, in yeah. room 25. Yeah. And they're, like, nobody will show up. And I was, like, and, 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 the, and the person who said this didn't say it with an air of judgment. They just said, like, as a matter of fact, w- this woman was, like, an ERG professional. She's yeah, just here, yeah. and she goes, we can't get traction yeah. On that thing, and I was like, "You, sh- you sh- definitely can't, because I wouldn't go." Like, if, you yeah. know, if, if you put up a sign that's like, "Hey, if you're if you're fat and you work at NPR, come come stop by here," I'd go. Oh, that's that's I wouldn't go. And I and then when I heard some of the things that you were talking about on your pod- podcast, I was going like, "Maybe I would go." Maybe you know, and
0: we'd be there. Right? I mean, if we worked sure there, knows. we'd be there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's
2: it, it it is interesting and. Try and, and the, the other thing I balance that I think is a real, I think is a, a male privilege is that I do feel comfortable pursuing my fitness without guilt towards pursuing weight loss. Mm. I feel like I can very comfortably I had to check a guy the first time I like went into my gym. He was like, today starts a long journey. I was like Like, I was just like (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited about the hot tub. I'm excited to work out, but I've been on a journey and today is like day seven hundred and fifty five. So just chill out and give me the towel. And but that that the thing of going like I can celebrate my life and I can be fat, and I can and I can meet other fat people and not judge them. Is like um, I, I, I feel like I'm I'm breaking new ground saying that sentence yeah. right now. You know, yeah. it, it, uh-huh. and it's uh-huh. um, so yeah. That's just that's that's something that's very new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, do you Song think thr- this is an easier place than most to be fat, or a harder place?
1: Look at- Oh, how the tables
0: have turned uh-huh. wow <laughs> um, so I I will share and then you should share too um I think the Twin Cities has a pretty thriving fat community mm-hmm. and I think that like weirdly coolly like we're kind of part of that Absolutely. like the, uh, my shop I think um, I don't think that I could have opened up a shop to such good response were it not for um kind of rumblings that were already here but I think that I've being able to kind of further cultivate them, it, it do in some part to, to my shop, but then also there's like, my friend Annie has this nonprofit called the Radical Health Alliance that like th- is advocating for uh, fat people. Like that's not something everywhere has, right. you know. um We have a podcast called Matter of Fat based in the right. Midwest. You know what right. I mean? Like, and this is relatively new too. But I don't know if this would go over very well lots of places. I think. Um, I do feel like this is an easier place to be fat, but I think that it's like we're we're right here at the right time. Okay. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah.
1: A lot of what you're saying echoes with other guests that we've had, mm. including myself. Until we did this podcast, I never called myself fat. Mm-hmm. So that was a very scary moment. Kat has created a lot of support around that. We're also friends from college. So I would say another thing that you shared that echoes really truthfully is being able to talk about other identities, mm-hmm. uh, other – instances of discrimination or understanding how you fit into bigger uh, structural policies and um, societal pressures and things of that nature and so i think part of it is what does that conversation look like when you've been having it long enough and Mm. how do you get to recognizing some other pieces there and the friends that i've cultivated the education that i've cultivated within the twin cities has lent itself to being in that space there's a lot of smart folks who are ready to have those conversations in a really safe way. So I think that's what makes it easier to be fat and also be thoughtful about that in the Twin, mm-hmm. Twin Cities. Um, I think it's the only other place I've lived and it was for a pretty short amount of time was Ecuador. Okay. Uh, phew, not easy to be fat there. <laughs> We've <laughs> talked to people who've moved to Ireland, not easy to be fat outside of the U.S. in a, yeah. s- in a certain oh, way I'm too. City, so. Yeah. I I think there's a lot of benefit to being in the Twin Cities in the Midwest and that kind of identity of like bigger bones, strong stock, like people hearty, like (laughs) through the winter surviving (laughs) through that. So I think that feeds into that a little bit, too.
2: I do think this is a relatively understanding place to be bigger. Yeah. Um, And I it was I went to school for one year in Vermont right after I finished high school here because I still had some connections on the East Coast. And my mom was like, "Do you really want to move back there, where it's so much harder to be fat, you know?" Mm. And and I thought that was like a really um, timid. It was it was it was a, a spotlight on how my mom thought about the world. Because I would hope that if your travels prompted you to want to go back to Ecuador, mm-hmm. I would hope that you would go back there hit your table <laughs> there's an there's an echo chamber folks um i would uh, i would hope that you would go back there uh, at your current size and feel completely comfortable in your own skin and that you could do that on the other hand i know that when i go to places that tr- physically don't expect someone my size it, like i think about s- trying to send a booth in london and you're yeah. just like are you what is this this yeah. is not plausible for me that that uh takes a psychic toll so i think um in some in, in in some physical spaces i feel quite safe uh being being large here um and yeah I, I do think it is generally more accepting um and i think that probably comes with a lot of uh minnesotan quiet judgment
0: oh, <laughs> oh 100% yeah oh, that's like quintessential <laughs> <Yeah>. minnesota right <laughs> yeah
2: it's easier cuz people maybe shut up about it <laughs> but yeah. i'll take yeah. that
0: Okay, now's the time. We got it. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight.
2: Thank you for making this.
0: If our listeners want to hear more from you, um, where can they find you?
2: I'm a spectacular follow on Twitter. Yes. I I ask questions more than I self-promote, which is very helpful. But I'm at Twinkie Jiggles. And if you never learned how to spell Twinkie, it's with an I and an E. So (laughs) Twinkie Jiggles. Um, And then... Uh, you can hear me on the current I'm on Saturday nights for Radio Free Current. I'm also on the message Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Uh, with Sonny. Those are the key things. I still play. In high respects, is playing this band for oh, 20 plus years.
0: Are you performing this summer?
2: So glad you asked. Tell us everything. <laughs> uh, we are playing a Venn Brewing uh, one year anniversary party on June 15th. We are playing a for the Love event on July oh, 6th. Yes, Amber's thing. Yes, yeah. Amber's thing. Uh, we've like tried to match calendars for many years and it finally worked out. So we're playing July 6th at Mears Park. Uh, we're playing at the Minnesota History Center on July 9th for like a family night cool. and then we got a gig in September at Dual Citizen Brewing. So keeping busy. Awesome. And, and you'll be sharing all
0: of that. If like, So if someone wants to follow you on Twitter, you'll be tweeting about this Absolutely. stuff, right? Absolutely. Beautiful. Thanks for telling us your story as, as a matter, matter of fact, That was such a great conversation with Sean. I really appreciated how open and vulnerable he was. I mean, like all of us, it's clear that he's working on reflecting and kind of unlearning some things related to his fat identity. And it was just really powerful to hear how he's thinking about that stuff and kind of processing through it. I found it to be really relatable and impactful to hear
1: him kind of put that into words. Totally. I loved getting to hear the background info on Twinkie Jiggle. Oh, yeah. I tried doing some research before he came on to hear the origin story or figure Mm -hmm. out where that came from because it's very unique. It's a unique name. Um, So it was just cool to see the evolution of it. Like he was really young when he claimed it and now it's extending to all these cool creative projects and we definitely linked out the performance that Lizzo did uh, where he, that he mentioned in the interview. That was a really cute, cute story. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, if you're here in the Twin Cities, you've got to check out High Respects on July 6th and 9th and in September, like Sean mentioned.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And now, Dirt, Dirt and, and Discourse. Discourse. It's time for the Dirt and Discourse. This is where we dive into
1: the excitement and discomfort around relevant pop and cultural happenings. This episode, the dirt is trash we're told about our bodies, and the discourse is us reminding you that it's just that utter and complete garbage. Specifically, we want to talk about how it's
0: summer, and you can wear whatever the fuck you (gasps) want. She said it, folks. I said it. She said
1: it. She means it.
0: Wear whatever you want. Yeah. It's hot out. Dress for your comfort, not for the comfort of other people. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I've lived that cardigan life for too long. Yeah. Like, truly, I think it gets to a point where you forget what your comfort actually is when you're mm-hmm. trying to convenience other people or assuming what other people think about you and how you look.
0: Yeah. Something that comes up at the shop a lot is, like, people wanting to take kind of more fashion risks or, like, be a little more um, daring in, in whatever way, like, it feels daring to them, right? That could mean, like, wearing something um, without sleeves or wearing a crop top or things like that. And a piece of advice I always like to share is, like, Make slow, incremental changes. Like, that's how we build confidence. That's how we kind of create a new normal. Um, So don't feel like you need to. It's okay if you are apprehensive to wear a crop top. Or it's okay if you're apprehensive to take kind of a bigger risk like that. Um, Think about it and just do something smaller that gets you in that direction.
1: Mm -hmm. And as long as that's still a comfort for you eventually. Like, obviously, we're not telling you, like... Don't wear a sun hat. Don't wear... Do what's right. Yeah, do what's right for you. you. It feels good and not at the convenience of other people or Mm -hmm. the distaste of other people. Like, so here's a story for everybody. I attended the first Eau Claire Festival back in the day. Oh, like years ago. Several, huh? Rip. It's over now. Oh, Oh, yeah. Anyways, I was very excited the hottest of days. Ugh. It was like 90 degrees in the shade, and then in the evening it was tornadoes and rainstorms. So it's just like no respite, no matter where you went. But I finally, out of like survival, was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I have these cutoff shorts. I'm gonna wear them. I have to wear them. It's so hot out. I cannot not. And so I'm walking around. I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it for the first time in so long. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. And nobody cares. I was like walking up this hill to the next set. It was in a smaller tent. I was really excited because it was Lizzo. Oh, back in the day, Lizzo. Back in the day. And I'm walking up this hill. And this guy looks at me. And he points. He's like, oh, nobody wants to see that. Oh, fuck I was that. like, Are you kidding me? Ugh. And I just like went inside myself and was like really unhappy and it's this like bright sunny day everybody's really happy around me and I just feel like kind of miserable oh, inside. I'm sorry. And I'm just like oh like why why can't I be okay like I don't care what he thinks I don't mm-hmm. know that guy mm-hmm. he's like clearly awful because as Sean said anybody who's going to present themselves that way says way more about them than it does about me right 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 and so I get to the set and then Lizzo comes on and I'm excited but I'm in this like kind of dreary state mm-hmm. and then this music starts to build and it's like really sappy it's a new song i wasn't familiar with and it sounds like a love ballad and i'm like oh not in the mood for this and then it's uh i'm in love with myself Yeah. and she was premiering that no! uh well at least for me she might have done it and performed it somewhere else mm-hmm. but it was just really a beautiful moment that i think of fondly and remember that like you can wear whatever you need. And yeah. if you need inspiration, take it from Lizzo. Take it mm-hmm. from anywhere you need. Maybe us. I don't know that we're th- I'm not that inspirational. But, like, if you need permission, we give you yes. permission. If you want permission to show those arms, to show that tummy,
0: to have those thighs out in the world, to do whatever is comfortable for you, here's your permission.
1: Do it. And that's the Dirt and Discourse. Short and sweet. That's right. <laughs> There you have it, friends. Hope you enjoyed the Dirt and Discourse. And our interview with
0: Sean McPherson, a.k.a. Twinkie Jiggles. And our personal dish and the Fat Dish. Oh, and before we go, we have to give you an important update about our next episode. So we're doing a Q&A mini-sode, and we need your questions. A quick Q. Yes, we want your quick and long questions. You can share them um, on Instagram, on Facebook, in our Facebook group, via email, in either like text-written form or as a voice memo. And you can ask us
1: anything. Ask us anything we can't wait to hear what y'all come up with oh yes we cannot wait uh before we go our usual reminder to please please subscribe rate and review our podcast on itunes or wherever you listen really truly we need your reviews um you're also welcome to join our friends and fans facebook group yep and catch us in two weeks for our
0: special q a episode of matter of fat